Hello, Charlie Charlie One, this is Granite Zero. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time you're listening to this, it's back with me, Tomo, here on Granite Zero Podcast. As always, it's good to be back. I'm still in the shed, still talking to myself. I've had um, some good feedback from um, some people on Twitter that said they would like to become guests on the show. So that could well be in the midst, which is nice because it's good to have someone to talk to because then otherwise it's just me rambling and rabbiting on as I always do. I was going to be um, going to start the show off talking about that sort of thing, but um, I made the mistake of reading a negative comment that I had and it set me back a little bit. I'm not going to lie. It doesn't matter how many positive um, feedback comments you get, people liking posts, people commenting on posts, people um, retweeting things, that sort of thing, um, sending you direct messages saying keep up the good work, all that, that is all fucking brilliant, doesn't matter how many of them you get, as soon as you get one knobhead that gives you a fucking negative comment, it sets you back a little bit, it knocks you back, it knocks your confidence, it makes you think that what the fuck am I doing, why am I doing this? you know, and for the fact that the comment was, you absolute walt, uh, basically meaning that I'm a liar, um, I don't know what he's referring to, um, it's probably because I served with the RAF regiment, and there's stigma behind my regiment anyway, but the fact that I served, why should I have uh, PTSD, why should I have depression, hey mate, well I do, I even went to fucking therapy for it, mate. So why don't you get your fucking head out your ass and start fucking broadening your mindset and stop being such a fucking retard? Do you know what I mean? The message isn't being spread enough as it is. Because it's not issued to you in a fucking handbook, you think that people can't get it. It's fucking bizarre that there's people out there that are, are still blinkered and still think it's funny to poke fun at someone who's got depression. What's the mad thing is, he pokes fun at people like me that, that are, are talking about it and things like that. We've had a member of our regiment who was suffering that bad that he took his own life. He went to his funeral he had PTSD. He took his own life. You don't see him laughing about that, do you? No. So when someone's trying to make a difference with themselves and, you know, putting himself out there, I'm putting myself out here. People could ridicule me and laugh at me all they want now because I'm live. Well, I'm not live, but I'm live. I'm unedited and I'm talking. You know... I can take a bit of banter from the army, marines, navy, whoever, about the regiment. That's fine. But as soon as you mention um, PTSD or depression, you should all be coming as one. And it's just mad that there's still people out there that are that child-minded that they can't see a bigger picture, that I'm trying to spread the word about mental health and how to be positive. That's not being positive, mate. That's you being negative 
and that could set me back further than I've already become. Luckily, I've got enough people around me that I've surrounded myself with like-minded people that want to help and support me that I can just ignore that. Block, delete, ciao, pal. You know, I don't need negative cunts like you in my life. And I'm going to call you a cunt because I'd call it to you in your face as well. Sorry about that for getting so angry, but it hurts, you know. And it's just um, a sucker punch. It really is. And it, it, it does. It drags you down. It drags you back. It takes you back. And, yeah. And that sort of leads on to another point of mine about mental health. And I've got, I've got a lot of people on Twitter now. Well, not a lot of people. I've got about 200 followers. It's not a lot of people by any means. But most of the people that have been following me are veterans. Uh, they're members of the police. They're people that are advocates for mental health and other such things like that, which is fine, obviously. But obviously, I, I was watching a little thing the other day. It was a funny video from Chris D'Elia and it was making me chuckle. But he, he, he hit the nail on the head. The new currency in this world is followers. And if I was a very attractive woman with my tits out and my ass out, I'd have up to fucking 3.2 million followers or something stupid like that. And then you start getting advertising and things like that. But when you've got a genuine message to push out there or you've got a platform like myself that I'm talking on a podcast and you're trying to get people to listen to your podcast and spread the word. I'm not in this for gaining money. This is support for myself. This is support for others so they can listen and see that someone who is struggling has a platform to talk and help rebuild himself back to how he was. Because I'm a shell of a man I used to be, but I'm regaining my confidence, my abilities to become a better me. Um, but yeah, so I put a tweet out there to some big names in the podcast world. Obviously, I didn't get a retweet or anything like that, but I did get several new followers. I got a few retweets myself, and it was it was a positive thing. But it's just mad that the fact that because I'm not loaded with money, so I don't have a giant fucking studio to the which that I can get a really good um, clear podcast out there this is done through my iphone through iphone headphones so excuse me if it keeps cutting out because my it's playing up and i'm in a shed but hey i'm starting somewhere you know i'm starting somewhere and i'm trying to become a better me i'm trying to show people that you can do it no matter what your circumstances i wasn't already rich and famous to the fact that i put a podcast out there and now everybody's listening no, I'm building myself up from the bottom, from nothing. And it takes time, it takes time, I get that. But it doesn't matter, because if I had a massive set of tits, and a, well, I do have a huge ass, and a big old booty, then people would be flooding in. But because I'm talking about mental health issues and other things like topics in the news, sports, what have you, and because I'm not famous... 
Nobody gives a shit. It's disgusting. But, all said and done, on another note, I'm not going to fucking stop because it's helping me. I'm sat in my shed, I'm having a nice coffee and I'm talking. And that's the, that's the, the main thing, is that talking and talking to yourself, if, if that's all you've got, getting a guest on. Um, I've, got, I've now got Zoom, so I'm going to start um, up a Zoom sort of conference call so I can get some bods on, have a nice chat, talk about anything and everything. That's the idea. That's what we're going to go for. Yeah. So anyway, shall we um, go into a few current events from the past week? Obviously, the big one for me personally, because obviously a, a military guy, has to be the paras. Has to be. Shooting the, shooting the target of uh, Corbyn. Get the backlash from it. Oh, we shouldn't be doing that. It's disgraceful. Is it, though? Is it, though? It's a paper target that they're shooting with paintball rounds. Paintball rounds. It's not like they've gone round his house and shot him in the face with a 9mm. Is it? It's a paintball round. And it's a target. And guess what? <laughs> they're in Kabul. So they're out in Afghanistan. Bored out their mind. Looking at this fucking Brexit deal. Getting a bit pissed off by it because they don't get any support anyway. The military guys don't get any support. support. And they thought, we're going to let off some steam. And we're going to fucking smash a target. Who better to shoot than that guy? So, yeah. And they're getting all this backlash from the snowflakes in the media. Oh, it's disgraceful. He's, he's a member of British... Member of Parliament, man. He's a good guy. He's not a good guy for a start. Absolutely not. Um, it's just funny. It just really is. They're letting off, um, letting off some steam, and they're dealing with their own stuff in their own way. I think good for them, in my opinion. It's no worse than what um, some of the fucking lefty defties did when Thatcher died and they started, like, doing shit over their her fucking photos, burning them and fucking celebrating. All they did was shoot a target. There's no difference to shooting any other figure 11. And on the note of MPs, they are a f they're turning this country into an absolute laughingstock. An absolute fucking laughingstock. Aren't they? We used to be a great country. People used to love Great Britain. But now we're just Britain. Of oh, that small country that can't even fucking take the public's vote and actually honour it. That's a joke. They're a joke. We're a joke. This country is becoming a joke, especially across Europe. They're like, ha, ha, ha look at them trying to leave. Uh, but they're not going to. Ha, ha, ha. Let's make it harder for them. Ridiculous. In other news, we're going to go to a bit of sports news now. Just a little bit of sports news. And um, we're going to start with uh, Cash Alley. And if you don't know who that guy is, he was the one that was losing the fight against a Price boxing match. And then decided, I want an out here. And instead of getting knocked out or just 
calling it off. He decided to bite him and he bit him several times in the match. And then the referee just stopped it, just stopped it dead. And good. But he says, sorry. Do you know what? How about they take your fucking license and shove it up your ass? That's disgusting and disgraceful for a boxer to bite someone. I know Tyson did it. He had his reasons, sure. He thought he was being headbutted and saw red and anyway. But we're talking about this guy. He should have his license taken off him for at least fucking a year or so. Stop him fighting. Make him learn. You don't just go around biting people in a boxing match. There's rules about that, mate. It's disgusting. Really is. And it's just fuck. It's just not on. Not on at all. You don't go. Who bites someone? He had marks all over his body, and that's all he says is sorry. Meh. Don't think so, pal. Really don't think so. And uh, in other sort of combat news, obviously, again, still making the headlines. I think he's doing this just to stay relevant, and that's uh, Conor McGregor. He does it just to stay relevant. So whoever's fighting, win, lose, or draw, he'll comment on it. It could be a heavyweight. Still comment on it. And um, basically, right, so Khabib Nurikamenov, hopefully I said that right. Anyway, he got married, didn't he? And he's, he's a devout Muslim. Sure. Each to their own. And uh, he posted a photo of himself and his wife at the wedding. And she was in a, the full, basically, the get-up. And... Um, Head to toe was covered as as per their religious um, views. And McGregor took the photo, posted it on Twitter. I think he deleted it in the end, but it's out there. <laughs> Saying congratulations, you married a towel. Fuck. There's opening a can of worms, isn't it, mate? But at the end of the day, Connor, you, you lost to Habib. And you were dominated and battered and then choked. And then you come out and say that about his wife. It's a bit harsh, mate. It's a bit harsh. But then it goes tit for tat. Tit for tat, tit for tat. And uh, Habib then posts a picture. I'm pretty sure that's been deleted now as well. Hey, post something. Stand by it. Yeah? Anyway. Of uh, Conor McGregor with his side piece. With his hand going up her fucking skirt. And he's put... You're a rapist. You're a rapist. The truth will come out. Something like that. It's like, wow. For one, hasn't been convicted. Two, should we all just take a minute and just realise that you're now going beyond what everybody wants to see and that's you fighting to now becoming really personal with each other. I know there's personal, you have a little attack or something and then you have your fight and it's over. It's building the fight. But this, I think, is beyond that now. This is craziness. Literally, tit for tat for that sort of thing. You called his missus a towel, he's calling you a rapist. Ugh. It's just going to get messy and messy and messy and messy. You know, it's not good. It's not good for the, the sport. It's not good for... um. It's not good for anything, is it? It doesn't look good on the UFC, especially now with their um, ESPN deal, the fact that two of their biggest stars 
who are going tit for tat in this way. That's why I think someone like Dana's probably got it in their ear and said, right, guys, fucking remove those posts. They're disgusting. You know? Uh, other sports news. Other sports news. Right. It's heating up, isn't it? So the so I'm a United fan. United almost got to that third spot. They then fucked it up against Wolves, and they fucked it up. Man, was I gutted. Started well, playing well, fucked it. But that happens. That's football. Wolves again. I spoke about Wolves a few podcasts ago. Brilliant team. Brilliant. Rick, I think the way they play football is is outstanding. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, but yeah. United were almost third, and now all of a sudden sixth. So Chelsea, Arsenal, Spurs. It's fucking heating up, isn't it? It's fucking heating up, and it's good, because we're coming into those months now where you have to win every game. United have still got the likes of um, City and Arsenal, I believe. So it's it's going to be really good now. It's going to be... Spot on, and I can't wait because this is the best part of the season where it all goes fucking crazy. This is the part of the season back when United were good. <laughs> when United were good, they're still good, but you know what I mean. Back when they were winning and winning well, that I was excited for this part. It was like, yes, now it's time. We're going to go and lift up that trophy. Um. So, yeah, it's hot, heating up, heating up. Everybody's dropping points. It's good, though. It's good. Entertainment. I'm going to throw some entertainment at you guys. Just because I can. Because it's my podcast and I can talk about what I want. And I want to uh, just talk now, right? I was We were watching Britain's Got Talent. Yeah, another little guilty pleasure. When you've got little kids... And I've got two little, uh, two daughters, as you guys know, that are regular listeners. You have your little family nights. We had a nice pizza last night and we stuck on Britain's Got Talent. There were some fucking good acts, no? That, like, creepy magician lady. Right, one, my eldest was shit scared. Two, freaked me out. And I was like, hey, don't worry, Jess, it's not real. Is it real, though? And, like, <sighs> mad. I don't know how she did it. I'm not going to pretend like I could um, figure it out either because it, it was weird, freaky. But there's one act I want to talk about, and that's that um, the, the, the primary school choir. Oh. Didn't that just, like, grab you by your fucking heartstrings and pull tight? Tell you what. Lumpy throat moments or what? Lumpy throat moments or what? And it was happy. It was like happy lumpy throat, not sad. I wish I had a head teacher like that guy. He was brilliant. Look how much fun they were having on the stage. And the fact that he took a little girl's dream that was in the choir that said that she wanted to go on Britain's Got Talent, he took that and that's where they went. And it was brilliant. Brilliant. And it had me, ah, oh, just that lumpy throat, you know, when you're like, oh, okay. Oh, okay, though, you know, oh, just that embodies what it 
is to be a child and be happy. It was such a happy song. And such a positive outlook on life from the eyes of a child. And that head teacher, give that guy a fucking knighthood. That's brilliant. It really was brilliant. Loved it. Loved it. And here, here's one, right? Tonight. Tonight, as I'm recording this. Um, SAS is back on. Who's Dares wins, but it's a celebrity special. They are going to get fucked up. Hopefully, they don't take it easy on them. Again, it's um, both uh, men and women. Good. Um, on that note, about women joining the um, infantry and all roles throughout the military, good, right? If they can do it, good. If they can carry the same weight, do the same drills, still be effective, good. Let them in. But as soon as they start dropping the standards, start dropping the weight, giving them special treatment, then it's not the same, is it? You know? I'm not one that's going to go, ah, absolutely not. It's good. I listened to um, Tim Kennedy. He's a um, US Green Beret. And he was talking about women in the, the special forces. And he, he believes they should be in there. It could t- When he would go to wherever he went, Black Ops style, and they're trying to infiltrate gangs and things like that and get the locals on the side, it would take them months. Send a woman in there in a bar. She'll get all the intel you need within minutes. That sort of thing. So they women have their uses, you know. And some women are fucking badass motherfuckers. Of course they are. I couldn't give birth. <laughs> you know? But definitely, if they... um drop the standards, anything like that, then it's not the same and it's not right. They should be treated, if they want equality, they should be treated equal to men and carry the same weight, do the same drills, that sort of thing, you know? So, as you guys know, I've been um, heading back to the gym quite regularly um, because I believe in the positive um, endorphins that it, it produces when you work out, of course course um you know it's it's my pain in my head so i'm gonna use that as motivation to get myself better how ever there are certain people that get on my tits my tuts you know and that would be who i call the best vest brigade Right, these guys with their fucking vests on and their lifting gloves. Hey, put your weights away. Hey, stop ego lifting. And if you're gonna lift it, lift it properly. Oh, right. The guy was doing bicep curls the other day. If you could call his arms biceps. 
But he was... He had every single weight out that he could possibly lift. He started all right. Form was all right. Went up heavier and heavier. Oh, then he was swinging them. But then he just walks off. It's like, hey, put your weights away. But then he starts giving like the young people in the gym a bit of advice. Hey, don't give them advice if you don't know what you're talking about. You know? Oh, but yeah, they're, they're quite fun to watch, though, because they think that it... Right, these guys have been doing the same thing for about three or four years now, and I don't think they've changed in the slightest. They're writing stuff down in a little notebook. I don't think their their um, weights are getting any higher. I think they're doing the same thing. So, come on. Let's evolve a little. Let's push ourselves. But do it properly. But do it properly. <laughs> right. Those of you who know, obviously, I'm on Twitter, at Granite Zero. Tweet me. Yeah? But, my big brother, Little Brown, Darren Thompson has set me up a Instagram account at Granite Zero Pod. Check it out. Check it out. It's all good. Um, it gives you the opportunities to send in questions to me, um, that sort of thing. But he also set, sets up these fucking awesome posts that are relevant to what I've been talking about during the, um, during the podcast. And I love the fact that my brother is taking... Um, taking on this responsibility for me because one, he's fucking good at it. Two, I'm not so good at it. And three, he's my best friend, and I really, really am happy that he's part of the Granite Zero team now. And if anybody else wants to become part of the Granite Zero team, just hit me up. You could be a regular guest. Just come on on. We'll Zoom call it whatever. If you're close by, you can come into the shed. I'll have to find you a little chair. And we can talk about it. But yeah, having my big brother as part of my team, not only does it help me stay happy because we've now got something that we can reconnect over. My big brother is my best friend. And he always has been. I've looked up I've looked up to him. We're about the same height now. Still both midgets. But I've looked up to him. He's he's another one of my, my heroes. He's he's an annoying fucker because he's he's all right looking. I'll give him that. He's tanned, a bit too tanned. And he's just fucking good at everything he's got. The only downside to him is that he's a midget like me. He's fucking strong. He works out hard. He's got his own fucking uh, gym, jet training at, at the asylum in Hereford. Check it out if you're in uh, my hometown. He's got that. He's a fucking brilliant chef. He's one of the lead head chefs at um, the Beefy Boys in Hereford, which is a, a the best burger I've ever tasted. And uh, he plays the guitar. He can sing. He can write fucking poetry. He's fucking brilliant on a computer. Hey, stop taking all the good genes and leaving me the shit. <laughs> 
I got left with the mousy looking rat boy jeans with little legs. Is not too bad at sports, but other than that, <laughs> hey, can I borrow some? But yeah, he's he um he helped bring me up to the man that I became. And I've always looked up to him. Um, and yeah, we've just been inseparable. And when we're together, it's like I've never been away. You know, I left home at 20. And it was hard. And uh, I believe that was one of the hardest things was the fact that I was so close to my brother. And now I live in Kent. He lives in Hereford. It's Yeah, we've got... We get the odd text and that, but it's not like we used to be. We used to be out on the on the piss. We used to, and when I used to come home from camp, we'd go out. I miss him. Let's be fair. I can't. I can't lie about it. He's um, he's a big huge part of me and a big huge part of my life. And I'm so happy that he's now on board with my uh, podcast. And I'm really happy with the positive mindset he helps put me in. Because he knows how I think, how I feel. And he helps me. You know, he always has been. He always has been there. And we used to do these crazy little trips. He'd done a couple and I want to do some more with him. And uh, the first one we did, we called it Fieldcraft 1. Because obviously I was still, I'd just come out of basics. And uh, <laughs> still green. And... um yeah, we went for, we bought a rubber dinghy that cost us twenty pound from the from the uh, from the store, and we wrote on it, gave it a name, HMS Delorean. We called it. We got in there. We had three crates of beer, some whiskey, some rum. <coughs> Excuse me, and we got in it and we sailed down the river. Why? I can't remember where we started. I'm sure he knows, but we ended up in Mordeford. Oh, but we got absolutely trashed. We were in full camo, like fucking proper Walter Mitties, even though I was serving. Sailing down the river, cam cream on, on the piss, sailing down the river in Hereford. Hereford as well, by the way. <laughs> Ended up in Mordeford. Set up the tent. Went to the local pub, the Moon Inn. Got in there, still fucking filthy. And we had this bloke come up to us and goes, I know you, you're the gamekeepers. Definitely not, mate. We're just here for, can we have a Jack and Coke, please? Two? Yeah, make them doubles, yeah, yeah. You're the gamekeeper. I'm not, pal. Go away. We're trying to have a brother fucking drinky poos here. You're the gamekeeper. Definitely not the gamekeeper, mate. Ciao for now. But... Those things as like the type of bond that we have, the fact, you know, family's family. But when your brother, your older brother is your best friend as well, it's it's brilliant. And I, I miss him. That's what I'm trying to get at. Big, close family bond that we have is amazing. And I love it. Yeah. So in other news, troops, in other news, what happened to Tomo this week? Well, for a start, he fell off his bike, not once, but twice. Yeah, but twice. The first one, I was going a bit too fast for my own good. And I noticed the car pulling out. So I 
slow down a bit and I was like, oh, he's not even looking. So I slammed on the back brake and the bike just slid out from underneath me. I always hit it. Bloke just drove off, didn't even give a shit. Just drove off. Not caring the world. Second one. Right, this is just a comedy of errors. And I said this to everybody that I've spoken to. If that guy's got a dash cam, I would love to see it. Right? Basically, I was at the roundabout getting ready to go round it. And I pulled away. But as I did that, I must have pushed too hard. The gear slipped. The bike slipped out from underneath me. And I just hit the deck and slid. And I've got a nice little grazy graze on my elbow. Quite a big one too. I've now got a bruise on my hip. A bruise on my on my fucking gut. A bruise on my hamstring. How the fuck did I do that? And my fucking shoulder is absolutely raping. Oh, it's madness. Only I could do that. Captain Clumsy over here. Captain Crazy. Captain Crazy. Captain Clumsy. Disgusting. Absolutely fucking vile. And it fucking hurts. You know, I was up in the shower washing it, cleaning it out. Making, obviously, old man, grumpy man noises. And I hear uh, some little steps. Daddy, are you all right? I was like, yeah, I'm fine. She goes downstairs is like, I think daddy's a little bit emotional. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But that's just me in a nutshell. Clumsy. And, you know, just always hurt myself. Always bloody hurting myself. Standard. <laughs> anyway, guys. We're coming to the point now where it's uh, time for me to sign off. Um, if you haven't already, go out and buy Broken by War by Lockie and Enoch. I'm now coming to the last chapter and it is fucking brilliant. And for someone who is this dyslexic to read a book this quickly, it must be a good book. And the trauma... The torment that he had been through, through his career and through his life. Just read it, listen, embrace it and give the man some feedback. It is a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant read. And for me to say that, you know, it's got to be a good book because most of the time I skim read it, it can't be bothered. But this book I literally haven't put down. So pick it up, read it and... um. Get amongst it. So yeah. Another brilliant episode instalment. Um, for those of you that have given me positive feedback. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You know, because your positive feedback. And your retweets. Your taking your time to listen to me on here. Not only helps me, but helps raise awareness for those that need it. And for you, for those of you that um, fancy taking your time to check out the page and give a comment, whether it's negative or feedback, you know, you're still taking your time to check it out. So cheers for that. Um, those of you that do do negative feedback, don't worry, because I won't be reading them again, because negative feedback is something I don't need in my life. 
So if you think I'm an embarrassment to the regiment, you think I'm a Walter Mitty, you think this and that, hey, guess what? Go fuck yourself. Ha <laughs> ha! Cheers for that. Cheers, kid. Because um, I don't give a shit anymore. I don't give a shit about you. I don't give a shit about your mates. And I don't give a shit about your fucking thoughts and feelings about myself. If you're going to be a negative cunt, go be a negative cunt somewhere else, you know? Ain't got time for that shit in my life. I've got enough dramas with the fucking own thoughts in my head. Don't need yours. Thank you much. But those of you that are positive and nice, keep them coming. Because it's what, it's what we all need. <laughs> anyway, as they say in the regiment, per arduo, yeah? Through adversity. I've been Tomo. And you guys have been fucking brilliant. Cheers. Tomo, out. Hello, Charlie Charlie One, this is Granite Zero. Out. <laughs>